When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. I'm joined by Kevin McCluskey. It's a big game tonight, Kevin. How are you feeling? I'm feeling confident, Paul. I'm confident. Thinking thinking happy thoughts, positive thoughts. That we can do this. Get the result that keeps uh, the Champions League dream alive. Yeah, absolutely. And you know this, right? It's great to be positive, but it's also great to be able to try and back it up a wee bit because there's been a wee bit of doom and gloom around Celtic's performances recently. I'm going to bring up some of the comments in the uh, in the um, next half hour or so. I'm going to start actually with Paddy. Paddy Lavery, welcome back to the show. I hope you're doing well. Um, you're wearing the Axon hoops there over in Ardoin. Thank you very much for your support. Evening all. Hopefully no mistakes tonight. I'm looking at you, Joe Hart. Now, the reason I brought this up isn't to start off 
on a negative or, or start off getting on it, Joe Hart. But I was having a look at the, the last game uh, against Leipzig and obviously we came in a half time a goal down and we spoke about you know the importance in the next goal, should we make any changes, etc. What Celtic did was we came out in the second half and we, we brought ourselves back, we pulled ourselves back into the game. You and I, we'd spoken about Jota, the fact that he you know, make his mark in that particular game. And he did just that. Um, he pulled it back to 1-1. And, you know, by 55 minutes, when, uh, you know, you're looking at the chances um, for and against, we were level at that stage, Kevin. We were level with Leipzig in terms of the chances created. Then what happens, of course, is that Hart does the unthinkable in 64 minutes, following a period of intense Celtic pressure. So we'd got the, the goal back, we're then putting him under pressure, and then Hart does something that we really wouldn't have expected of one of our most experienced players. So the reason I'm bringing that up from Paddy is, I think that created a huge, a hugely different outcome on the entire game. It's not as if, you know what, we've got a goal back, but then they overpowered us, Kevin. I just think we gave them that inch, and they took it. And by the way, did they take it? They absolutely did. The third goal was was a thing of beauty. If you could say that about a goal against Celtic, I'm not sure if I'm allowed. Um, but up to that point, what I'm saying is we were going toe-to-toe with them. We weren't containing them. We were creating as many chances as they were, Kevin. So I think it is important to talk about the mistake because the margin in that game, you know, we were punished for that. We were punished in a bad way. We can't allow that to happen tonight. We can. And we spoke about this um, last week at half time, and I think we, we touched on it again at full time. Again, just how closely we ran them for so long in, in the match. Mm-hmm. There was this, this spell. I'm trying to check back my notes from last week as well, because I've got them here in front of me. I think it's before their first goal. We've got those three shots in a minute, you know, one after the other. We were creating yeah. chances against them, and we were getting them behind, and there was hope that we could we could get a result. The difference is, and the thing is, that, you know, and you don't like to say it, they're a touch above us at the moment. They're, they are a classy side. And when they got their one chance, they finished it. And um, that that was the difference. It was just being more clinical in front of goal. But then, you know, Jota gets the goal at the start of the second half again. We didn't give up on the style of play that we had and what we were doing. All the good things we kept on doing. Uh, it's It's unfortunate what happened for the second goal because that did kill us mm-hmm. right? and I don't think there's anybody going to try and make any excuses for Joe Hart for that one it's a howler um, but he's got to be big enough to get over that he's experienced enough to get over it you would think it has cost us the game because you could see visibly I think heads went down because of that but then that's something again that the team just needs to work on just having that wee bit of mentality that right for 63 minutes, we've given this team a good game, away from home in a tough venue. Um, I they've had chances and they were probably just edging it at that point, but we were still in it. And you feel that if we'd get the second goal, we could have went on to win that game or draw the game. Losing the second goal, though, was, it was the killer and it's the way that it happened. And you've got to think that's a one-off moment in a mm. game. You know, Fingers crossed, touch wood, all that thing. It's not going to repeat again tonight. So we can start with a clean slate and go out and, you know, impose ourselves, play our game. Me and you will sit here and try and be as positive as we can and actually convince ourselves, you know what? We could get the results. We can do this. Yeah, it's still on in my mind. I mean, uh, you know, looking at 
stats and data is something that you um i think it's one of the things that you see as a necessary evil or you really enjoy the the data and i think the journey that kevin graham's been on uh kevin since we started doing axiom has been tremendous a guy who had no interest whatsoever in data analysis has uh, kind of got into it i'm just expecting to see a whiteboard behind him any wednesday soon when he starts explaining the reason why we lost goals and lost games etc hopefully we're not talking about losing this one um but yeah i am i am pretty optimistic because i, I do see it as individual errors creating the whole um ebb and flow of that game and, and really making a um, a huge momentum shift on that particular night and I think that when you look back to the Shakhtar Donetsk game away we came away from that game thinking you know what we we created enough chances with enough dominance of the uh, possession to win that game and we came away with a point away from home in the Champions League disappointed which I think speaks volumes and in the first game you know that magical figure of 55 minutes we did match Real Madrid for 55 minutes so I think the three games, Kevin, we've got what-if moments, what-if scenarios. The first one being McGregor's shot that rifled in um, on the inside of the post but didn't go in. The Maeda chance at the beginning of the second time. We do have these what-if moments. Then you said earlier on, what if Joe Hart doesn't do that and we take the lead um, in Germany? What happens then? And I know that people can say, you know, you're just guessing, you know, the what-if game. But it is the margins that we seem to have suffered from in these three European games so far? Yeah, it's all, it is all if buts and might have been after the event, you know, when you talk about what could have been. But you know that team that we've got, you know the ability they've got, and if they had got their noses in front, would you fancy Celtic to have won that game, to have closed it out? There's a pretty good chance that we could have, um, <laughs> excuse me, or at least, as I said, maybe we don't win the game, but we probably don't lose it either. Yeah. away with another valuable away point. And you can go even further back in the game against Madrid, the very first minute, when Leo Labad is through. I know. Now, if that falls to him five minutes later, or if it's Kyogo, perhaps, is a wee bit more experienced, then could we have taken the lead against Real Madrid in the first minute of the mm. first game in the Champions League group stage? And, I mean, that's that was unthinkable before the game. But we've got ourselves into positions now where we actually can look back and Rue missed opportunities in games. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe a couple of seasons ago, we'd have been steamrolled by Madrid and by Leipzig. And you'd, you'd have been sitting and after the match with your head in your hands, or you'd just be singing the praises of the team that's just stumped us. Yeah. Now yeah. we're actually coming in and we're acknowledging that we've come up against a very good side, a side that deserved to win, but a side that had things gone slightly differently, we might have beaten or we mm-hmm. might have held to a draw. And that's, I mean, that's that's where we get the optimism from that we can go and win these games, and it might be unfounded a little bit, but you know, for the first time in a while, you do actually believe that we can do it, and there's nothing wrong with having that bit of belief, because if you don't have it, there's no point in being here. Well, we take uh, into account, Kevin, the fact that we have the green tinted spectacles on at all times. Absolutely, we're football fans. Emotions uh, play a part in, in the way that we conduct ourselves on this show. However, we try to be as balanced as possible. And I think that when I go back, here's the Claxon, enter Brendan Rodgers. When I go back to the Brendan Rodgers era in terms of the Champions League and, and the European performances... There was a, a real sense of naivety about the performances, Kevin, that I don't think we have that. I wouldn't say that 
the mistakes or the, the near misses we've had in this campaign so far is down to naivety. Um, we are, as a group, and with on this on this stage, as we spoke about in the last game, an inexperienced group of players. There are players here um, who didn't make their... Eight players didn't make their Champions League debut until this season. The first time they kicked a ball in the Champions League proper, not the qualifiers, was this season against Real Madrid. Stephen Welsh made his debut against Leipzig in the last game, his Champions League debut. Um, so we are an inexperienced uh, start in 11, an inexperienced squad even, um, because they, in the last game you had Callum McGregor. I had all the figures and I was actually surprised. I think he'd only played 11 Champions League games in the group stages. Um, the, you know, Joe Hart had something like 45 under his belt. And I think Jota had a couple prior to coming to Celtic, so he was more experienced than most. We're an inexperienced team at this level. So, I, yeah, people might say, well, that's the, the very definition of naivety. I, I think that the naivety we've seen under Brennan Rodgers was going, trying to go toe-to-toe with a team that could carve you up and, and put you to the sword, which they did. I've not seen us getting punished like that. That's what I'm, you know, looking back to the Leipzig game, I'm saying, Kevin, it wasn't as though they absolutely um, gave us a tanking that night. We did up to the se- up to their second goal, sixty four, which, which we gave them. You know, Joe Hart sold the jerseys. We were going toe to toe. We had created as many chances as they had. So I don't think we've been steamrollered. Even when you look at the Real Madrid game, three goals, uh, we weren't steamrollered in that game. Um, and when I look at tonight, there's a couple of things I think that may well work in our favour. We're keen to get as many comments up on the screen as possible. Um, anything goes, the Marquee Player Network, any beer recommendations, well, believe it or not, Kevin, I'm sorry, right? I, I'm not a beer fan. I, I've never have been. I don't drink beer or lager. So yeah. I can't give you any recommendations. You think you you think you know something when they come up with that revelation? I know, I know. I'm sorry, I, I've, I've not let earned my spurs. Um, I'll not tell you what's in, in this cup because it isn't general tea and I get a lot of stick for that as well. Um, Paul McLean isn't sharing our optimism, Kevin. Uh, Celtic won Leipzig 3. Most realistic outcome as third place was always the target. Listen, if that happens, we will um, pick away at the bones of any result, any performance, and we'll try and see what we can do better. But I think that um, I've said time and time again this season, Ange Postecoglou is a quick learner. Um, and yeah, it's came up to uh, opposition, so feel free to disagree in the comment section. And I think what you can gauge that on this season, Kevin, right, is if we compare the first three group matches against this second group uh, sta- uh, stage where we're, we've got another three games, albeit two of them are at home, and I totally get that, right? Um, and compare and contrast the results, because I'm pretty sure that what we've learned, this is going back to Chris Julien's statement about the video analysis, what Andrew's learned from the first three games, he will put that into practice tonight and in the next two games. And I think what you'll see is uh, Celtic um, eliminating a lot of the threats but also homing in on some of the weaknesses that have been identified in the first three games. Are you of the same belief? I mean, there are some in the comments reckoning that uh, Leipzig are going to come and get a similar scoreline that they did at home. I'm, I'm thinking we're going to make it more difficult for them. Well, I think we've seen enough of Leipzig last week to, to for it to be suggested that they could get a similar result because mm. they are a very good team and they've got a lot of really skillful players, really technically gifted players, uh, and Kunku was 
incredible last week and ran the show. Subosly, uh, I've got a soft spot for him with him being the Hungarian, but he is also another top talent in the team. They've got lots of good players in there, but at the same time, I do also think that Celtic can get the result tonight. Uh, and and again, we spoke about this last this last week. You can have these two opposing views of understanding that your opponent is a very good team and could win the game. But it's also thinking that we can win the game. Yeah. Um, you made the, the points about us kind of not being as naive anymore and what have you. And I, I, I agree with that. And I'll go back to my points that I've made before about Brendan Rodgers and his team, that he was a fantasist when it came to Europe. Mm-hmm. Because he kept on, he wanted us to play against Barcelona in the new camp with the same way that we would play against Partick Thistle at home in a league game. Yeah. And you can't do that. You cannot go into that game with the same approach. You will get ripped apart, and we were ripped apart. With Postacoglu, it's the same principles he wants to apply in every game, but he will tweak the way that we go about and do it. Joe Hart doesn't come 40 yards off his line in a European game mm-hmm. because he knows he'll get punished. He stays deeper. Juranovic and Taylor might not always come in field as much. They might stay a little bit wider depending on the opposition. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. He does learn, he does change. And he, uh, as, as you said, you know, he does the video analysis. He pinpoints the weaknesses in the opposition team for us to go and target. But he'll pinpoint their, their threats as well so that we're, we're lined up to cope against that within our structure. And we've got the, the ability to transition into the attack and then capitalise on their mistakes and their deficiencies. So, you know, going into these games, seeing the improvements that we've made game on game in Europe last season gives you the confidence and the belief that we can do the same this year. Proof will be in the pudding. We can review, you know, the, the second lot of three results against the first lot come the end of it and see if we did make mis- uh, learn from our mistakes, if we did make improvements. Um, and you can analyse it at the end. But right now, going into the the second set of three games, I am confident we can get a better return on points than we did in the first. Mm-hmm. Having the two home games massively helps us with the crowd behind us. Um, and, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see where we're at come the end of the night. We might be sitting here with the, the Champions League dream over, or we might be sitting here going, do you know what? Second place is back on. Back on. Yeah, I like that. I like the positivity, Kevin. Uh, Scott Howe, welcome back. Well, nice avatar. I'm, 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 accused, I'm accused by my wife all the time of being the realist in the family and killing all the dreams. But when it comes to this at the moment, I, I can't help myself. You know, I'm, I'm full of kind of hope and optimism about the team. And That's it is Ange. because of the way that Ange makes you feel. Mm. If it was any other Ange manager, effect. you probably wouldn't have, you wouldn't have that same hope and confidence but there's just something about him that inspires you the kind of guy you run through a brick wall for no, no good reason 
I know. Aye, just so that you know, you don't get that look that he, he does tend to give a lot of journalists in Scotland. Uh, exactly. Let's do this so enormous. Mate. <laughs> I know, um, enormous performance required. Absolutely, there is Scott. I'm not, you know, I'm not taking for granted the the enormity of the task this evening. Um, so I totally agree with that. Uh, don't let us down, Celtic. Hail, hail! I, I think that if we go about our business and we um, cut down on the individual errors, then you know, we'll be sitting at half-time, hopefully looking at a, a scoreline that uh, gives us the optimism to move into the, the second half of the game. As I say, keep the comments coming in. Ewan Boy Martin, welcome back. I hope you're well, Ewan. Been too long since we last won in the Champions League. Hopefully tonight is the night. Um, absolutely agree with that as well. And Jungle Lion, um, who one of these days will host Axom in his phenomenal manshed. Right, check it out on Twitter. Have to be solid at the back and ruthless up top. Spine has to play well. We've been talking about the team, uh, and I'm sure everybody in the comments section has already seen the Celtic lineup. But um, what I hope to do is share that with you, and we'll have a wee run through that as well. So let's bring the team up on the screen, Kevin. We'll start off with the Celtic side. We'll also have a look at the opposition based on the performance the last time round, see who we're going to be keeping an eye on beyond the obvious. Um, so here's the Celtic uh, lineup. Let me just double-check that you can see everybody on there, including the subbies, I you can. Brilliant. So we've got uh, Joe Hart. Josip uh, Juranovic at right back the central defensive partnership of Jens and Carter Vickers will come back to that to see how important that's going to be uh, with Greg Taylor on the left the, the, I mean the question around the midfield is um, how, how they're going to line up uh, I think that you've got O'Reilly stepping in would you say to the Callum McGregor berth with Haxabanovic stepping into the O'Reilly berth Kevin that's that's a debate it will soon be answered and Hatati is in there as well uh, and then up top Abada Maeda and Kyogo. There was a lot of predictions in terms of the, the lineup. A um, couple of interesting ones in there. I'm going to go right back to the uh, defence first of all. Let's have a look at the central defensive partnership. That's something we didn't have in the first game um, against uh, Leipzig. Kevin, I think we know how important it is. Carter Vickers has been given the captain's armband. I, I keep going on about the momentum and the flow of Celtic's play and, and how it starts often with the two centre-halves. And I, I was loathed to overly criticise any of the two replacements, one of whom is playing this evening, and Maurice Jens. But what I was pretty critical about is how it affected our overall game in relation to starting at the back and, and building the moves from the two central defenders. I think having Carter Vickers in there is massive, um, and I hope we've seen a return of sorts to that at the weekend. Um, when we look at, for example... The amount of balls um, that are that are played out from the central defensive area in the last game, they were mainly played to Taylor and Juranovic, right? So I think that gives you that um, idea of the you know playing it around the back, Kevin, whereby Hart to one of the centre halves to one of the full backs and trying to build it from there, and. You know, it can work, but obviously if you want to change the tempo, get them on their back foot, um, get in behind the defenders, etc., often it's good to miss out the inverted fullbacks. That wasn't happening a lot. Hatati got a lot of the ball from the centre-halves as well. Is that a feature of the game that you think will return now that Carter Vickers is back in the team? I think she will. I think that's one of his strengths that he brings to us. It's just, as well as being a 
kind of a calming influence at the back and a dominating figure in the air. He's also really good with the ball at his feet, which is probably an underrated skill of his. And one of those things that we've got a few players that we've got in the team, you don't miss what they bring until they're not there. Yeah. And that ability that he's got to kind of step out from the back and then play the pass that breaks the lines, as they say, and like miss out the midfield, take it a bit more direct, find one of the one of the wingers or your attacking midfield player. I mean, it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. A pass like that that can take us 15, 20 yards up the field in one go and take out two or three of their players is massive to us in the way that we want to play and that speed and quickness and directness rather than always going out wide and having it or bringing it back in. The slow build-up is fine at times, but to have that that different outlet, being able just to cut through a bit more direct, we, we miss it when he's not there. So it's a, it's a big boost to his attacking-wise to have mm. Carter Vickers back in the defence as much as it is uh, you know, for that defensive solidity, which we definitely missed last week with not having him there. You know, I think back to... People might say stop living in the past, but as an example, I think back to the way that uh, Chris Ayer used to roam uh, around the park. He would go on these long bursts and runs, wouldn't he, 40, 50 yards. And by that time, it could well be a case of uh, the midfield have been missed out entirely, and before you know it, we're in the final third. So that's one way of progressing the play. I think Stephen Welsh does that in a different way. I don't think he's as dynamic when he's got the ball at his feet. I do think he's good with his distribution, Kevin, but often when he goes on those IRS-esque runs, I'm pretty sure he looks up and there's less options available to him due to the fact that it's uh, less dynamic and it's uh, um, of a lower tempo. Then you get someone like Carter Vickers uh, and his distribution is is phenomenal. And I think I, I appreciate why the central defenders were playing the ball to Hatati a lot because he's the type of guy who can do the cross-field pass and, and he can play in the wingers and behind the defenders. So I really am hoping that we get a return to that. Another thing I found interesting is in terms of our uh, most attacking threat against Leipzig last time round, we had uh, Hatati, uh, Jota and Matt O'Reilly. That might not surprise many of you listening in, but of course we don't have Jota tonight. So I want to bring that up because that's going to be a massive loss. As is Callum McGregor, we'll come back to Callum. But Jota, for me, I think he was finding his feet in the Champions League last time round, Kevin, and then he misses tonight's game. Huge loss for us, isn't it? He is, but I'm I'm going to slightly disagree with you on this one. As much as I love Jota, and I think he's, he's a fantastic player, and he is a massive miss, right? I'm not going to say that he's not. I think he's struggled a little bit at this level so far. Um, he, he was up against Carvajal in the first game against Real Madrid so you're not expecting anything there first half against uh, Donetsk, he could easily have been the man that came off instead of Aksabanovic, I think it was in that game and then he stepped up a bit in the second mm-hmm. half mm-hmm. he would put up I thought in the first half against Leipzig and I think we spoke about that at half time as well but then he gets the goal at the start of the second half for me just he hasn't quite done it enough yet consistently throughout each of the three games to say that he's really ready or announced himself yet at this level. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. But if there was a game set up for him, it's probably this one. Because we're at home and it's a it's a winnable match or it's a game where we're going to look to a player to pull something out of the ordinary for us. And that's what he can do. So he is, he's undoubtedly a miss. Um, but, you know, he hasn't performed to the level that we know he can so far. And he's not there now, so you've got to look and say, OK, it's a badder that's really come in for him. He's a different kind of player. It changes the way we're going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not worry so much about Jota as such, because he's not there to influence the game now. So let's just let's just see what a badder can do um, while he'll, you know, he'll play the game differently. And he might he might have the, the attributes to win this game for us today, because he's not that... Uh, skillful player that Jota is he's not going to do the same things and he scores goals in big games and he's done it against Rangers a few times he comes in with the goals in the big games yeah. so mm-hmm. maybe this is a, a one that's set up for him you've got to hope so because he's the man in the team so you know, let, let's hope it could be his night tonight I'm going to go for and by the way I'm sorry I don't like beer and lager there's the first revelation and I also don't gamble but if I was a gambling man I would go for listen I've got plenty of vices but just know those two um, I would go for uh, a badder to open the scone tonight I think um, you know there'll be a wee bit part of him as well thinking about that Real Madrid game I think Kevin um, you know what I mean his development has been incredible since he came into you know, the Celtic side as a teenager and this is part of that development a bit like what you were saying there about Jota this is part of him you know, progressing as a player as an individual um, maybe Jota's saving his moment for the Bernabeu uh, we shall wait and see for that one you never know, as you know well. if we need a last minute goal to go through in the Bernabeu in the last game and Jota gets it <laughs> we'll know, take it would that not just we'll be the it. thing yeah, yeah Brown that. Warrior, absolutely. Welcome back, uh, Brown Warrior. You are saying Welsh carries the ball better than Starfelt. I would tend to agree with that because I think the, the thing with Starfelt, and again, it goes back to um, identifying weaknesses. I think that uh, the opposition will just approach him from a certain angle to try and get the ball on his left foot, and they know that as soon as he's on his left foot, he's not as comfortable, Kevin. So when he's when he's trying to travel with the ball, I think it's it's a little bit easier to. Um, uh, Break down the break down the move if Starfield's got the ball at his feet. In saying all that, I am looking forward to Starfield coming back. So um, it just shows you again that uh, you do miss them once they're not there, Kevin. That's for sure. Um, the other thing again is looking at the formation. Uh, I'll come back to Axabanovich in a second, and we'll have a wee look at the bench before uh, it kicks off. But um, it looked as though Leipzig stuck to their four-two-three-one formation pretty rigidly, actually, depending you know, regardless rather of how Celtic were playing and how they were coming more and more into the the game. So. I don't know if they would change that away from home, but I'll be interested to see. Um, quick look at the bench with Bain, Segrist, Yakamakis, of course, who scored that memorable um, winner. Will he be feeling a wee bit hard done by, do you think, on the bench, first of all, Kevin? Yakamakis? Probably. He probably will be. Yeah. And it's one of those ones, it's a head scratcher at times, you know, that when a big game comes around, Kyogo gets the nod every time ahead of Yakamakis. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what Jack Amaki seems to have done the week before. Maybe maybe Ange just sees him more as an impact player. 
for these kind of games. The guy that can come on for the last 20 minutes, once the defence is tired, you know, we kind of trot that line out a bit, but maybe the defence tires, he comes on and kind of ragdolls them for the last 20 minutes when they don't want that kind of player. But he's a forward, he's a goal scorer, he's just scored at the weekend, his confidence is bound to be high. Perfect time to play him from the start. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. is... I mean that's maybe that's maybe one surprise from the starting lineup that he's he's benched or kept uh, Jack and Marcus in the bench and not put him in in place of Kyogo. You know this what I like about Yakamakis, I can't see the the guy sulking about this. I think he's the type of player from what I've seen so far who lets you see it as a challenge. And he'll, he'll want to prove himself again once he gets the minutes tonight. Uh Moy Turnbull McCarthy Big plaudits for McCarthy when he came on. Did his job at the weekend there. Bernabe played very, very well. Gave the manager plenty to think about. Abiel Gard, not sure if that's right, but it's better than the commentator's uh, pronunciation at the weekend. Robertson, Forrest, Ralston and Welsh. And, and mentioning Ralston, I've got to mention Amy Canavan. I was meant to be on the show on Monday, of course, but we had an interview with Stuart Braithwaite of Mogwai. Can't wait to share that with everybody on the channel. So Amy's last appearance... For now, um, I missed it. I missed it, Kevin. But I want to wish Amy all the very best. She's a very, very talented uh, broadcaster. And I think that um, you'll see a hell of a lot more of her on bigger platforms. Loads to come from Amy. It's been an absolute pleasure to have her as part of the team, not just uh, for Axon, but in the studio interviewing all in sundry in here. Um, And I think she's come on leaps and bounds. And good luck to Amy as well, Kevin. Let's finish off with Axel Vanovic. Sorry, I'll just take the opportunity to second you in that one. You know, Amy's been a great member of the team, very friendly, nice to get on with, knowledgeable about the game. It's you know, knowledge is unreal. So yeah, well done to her and go and forge yourself a, a big career. Yeah, go and smash it. Talking of smashing yeah. it, Haxer Banovic has been threatening to do something a wee bit special for us. I think that we saw it all coming together at the weekend um, uh, from time to time. And tonight would be the night. I mean, uh, he's got it in him. He looks like an absolute bargain. Another one to add to the collection for Ange Postacoglu, Kev. He looks like he's, he's suited to that number 10 role, I think. Mm-hmm. I think when he first came in, we were playing him more out wide or it certainly did against uh, Shakhtar in the first game. And he, he was all right, but he looked a bit out of place a little bit or just not as comfortable. But in the number 10 role, he seems to drive in it. He's got that freedom to do bits in the middle, but also to pull out wide to either side. He's a very he's a skillful player. He's got an eye for a pass. I think he's got a decent shot on him as well. I think what he needed was just minutes in him, get himself up to match fitness. And we're seeing now, hopefully, that uh, he is another you know, quality addition to the front line that we've just brought in and what was it? Less than two million, I think. Bring him in. Could prove to be a, a very uh, you know, useful signing for that kind of money. Yeah, definitely. He had a big move to West Ham, it didn't work out, and sometimes I think that players, when that happens, it didn't happen with a, a Yeti, unfortunately, but they had something to prove. Hopefully he proves it tonight. Um, quick prediction before we go to the action. Kevin McCluskey. Right, well, since I'm in positive mood, there will be goals for both teams and Celtic will edge it 2-1. Brilliant. I'm going to say clean sheet tonight. There you go. Confidence. Uh, Celtic to win 2-0. Let's revisit those predictions. 
<laughs> Probably. And a beer drinker. Um, let's revisit those predictions at halftime. Kevin, enjoy the first half. Join us again at halftime. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you to Kevin McCluskey for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Brilliant. Cheers, Paul. Thank you. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. I'm streaming live from Dalkeith. I'm joined this evening by Kevin McCluskey, um, who is over in... Are you in Budapest? Is that where you are in Hungary, I am Kevin? indeed, yes. I am indeed. Yeah, yeah. We're going international, we're going continental. And that's just fine tonight because we are playing in the Champions League, Kevin. Beginning of the game before we kicked off, you and I were very positive, as were some of the commenters as well, talking about um, going into this game with a renewed sense of positivity. Can I just say that was an excellent first half? People might say it could have been better. I thought it was solid. What was your thoughts overall? Uh, yeah, I think the only thing that's been missing has been the goal. Mm. You know, um, So, yeah, we spoke before the game and we were trying to be very positive about things and... I don't think that's been a, an unjust view for us to have had. You know, Leipzig's a very good team and they did have that spell and maybe the first 20 minutes or so they were the better side and they were playing some really good football. They were cutting mm. us open a wee bit at times. But I thought Jens and Carter Vickers were both really solid at the back. They were making their last-ditch tackles, but they were winning the ball. Donny Hart really had a save to make until right at the very end. And then after we go over that initial 20 minutes... We've we really grew into the game, and my God, my, my notes from twenty three minutes onwards is just chance for Celtic, chance for Celtic, chance mm-hmm. for Celtic. Kyogo could have could have and should have scored with that header. You've got O'Reilly hitting the post, Taylor hitting the bar. We've uh, we've once again played the first half against a top European side, and we've we have matched them as a football team. We've created chances, and if you don't have confidence that we can go in and do it in the second half after watching that, then I don't know what you're watching because that first half performance has to give you the confidence and belief that we might not be totally there yet at this level. We're getting closer game by game. I, I would totally agree with that. And and I know we keep going back to the first three games of this campaign, Kevin, but we're sitting there at half-time against Real Madrid thinking the unthinkable. Um, throughout the entire game against Shakhtar, you're thinking we should be winning this. And as we said before this game, you know, right up to the second goal, um, of course, albeit there was a couple of disallowed goals, uh, disallowed goals rather that night as well, um, Celtic were going toe-to-toe. Uh, with Leipzig over in Germany, um, if you want to look at the the chances. There was a, a startling stat in the first half where Celtic had less than 30% of possession. And I think that followed the, the period of the game that you were talking about. I'll start off with that. I'm going to bring up um, Yoon Boy Martin's comment here because I think that Hatati started off the game with, with poor ball retention, Kevin. But I think that he played into... Um, the half and by the end of it he, he finished it off a lot stronger I was a wee bit concerned in the first 10-15 minutes when Leipzig were turning the screw that Hatati's ball retention wasn't good enough because they will punish you at this level we know he's got a game changing pass a Hollywood pass in him but some of the simple stuff in the first 10 minutes I thought you know he was giving the ball away far too cheaply but then I, I would also note that um, in 7 minutes 
Greg Taylor was the reason we were still in that game. So we got through the that tricky patch in the, the you know the first ten minutes or so, Kevin. And but I do think that we we came through it. I think Hatati came through it. But special praise to Greg Taylor, who went on to have a, a very good first half. I thought, but he kept us in the game on seven minutes. A tremendous tackle. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Greg Taylor. And now that Amy's gone, I will carry on the uh, Axom Greg Taylor Celtic Supporters Club. The Appreciation know, Society. Yes. The Appreciation Society, whatever, you know, I'm, I'll sign me up to that straight away. I thought he's been excellent in the first half. He's made big blocks, like you said, the one in seven minutes. Mm. He's gotten forward. He's, he's um, creating chances for us. Could have scored. He's got that chance where he's, was it in 26 minutes or? Thereabouts are 23, sorry, the one that he squares across the six-yard box. He's, yep. He should put the laces through that one, have a go. He's hit the bar. It's been all action again from him. He's been all over the place. I think Taylor's mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. been excellent. And so calm at the back when he's been under pressure. There's one I've got on uh, 14 minutes. He, he's, he's, he's header back to Joe Hart again from a Leipzig cool. attack. And it's there's a box full of Leipzig players if that goes wrong. You've just given away a goal, but he's, he's calm enough to do it. There's another one later on when he's under pressure from uh, is it Shimakan, the the right fullback when he's forward, and he just he doesn't panic. He just mm. keeps the ball in the in the fullback corner and then makes the clearance. He's been outstanding for me in the first half. Hatate, yeah, definitely started the game looking quite nervous and giving the ball away quite a bit. But the whole team was a bit like that. And he's like the microcosm of the team in that respect then because he's grown into the game and his passing's improved, his ball retention, his ability to regain possession after we've lost it has improved. His pass for Taylor and the one when he should have put the laces through it but squares it, it's a great pass, just that we slide real ball. So as he's improved, we've improved. Um, the one player that probably hasn't in the game we can talk about him would be Kyogo he's the one that's kind of let us down so far his touch hasn't been there and he's he's missed a couple of big chances which is unlike him and you'll get the questions you know if it's Jackie Mack it's just in there does he score it especially that header you'll never know but uh, you know he should, he should have scored one in that first half that's the only disappointment we've got is that we haven't got that goal yet and Absolutely. that's the only thing that gives you that kind of nagging doubt at the back of your mind about this are we going to see the same movie again hopefully not hopefully we go out and get an early goal in the second half get the crowd back up again and you know still got to be positive and believe that we can do this Listen, there's a lot of comments coming in who echo your uh, sentiments there, Kevin. If you disagree with Kevin, make sure that you put the comments in as well. We'll, we'll bring up as many as possible in this halftime break. Um, on your point about Kyogo, the first thing that came to my mind when he flashed that header over the bar was was Yakamakis. But I think over the, the piece... The one thing that is standing out for me, and we, we've we've got to we've got to compare the two players, Kevin, because it seems to be one or the other. The way that we set set up, it's one or the other generally. Um, and I think that uh, the one that stood out for me is the way that Yakimakis holds the ball up, the way that he holds the ball up, and he waits for reinforcements, and he's able to. There was a moment in that first half where Kyogo gets the ball, gathers the ball, and I had. No real confidence that he was going to turn it into attack. You know, he had his back to goal. 
and, and inevitably he went back the way and that it's the strength it's the way that he's able to hold the ball up um, I'm a massive Kyogo fan uh, no way am I going to be writing him off I, I looked at a stat the other week there where he scored or created a goal for Celtic every 87 minutes this season um, and last season it was every 86 minutes so on the on the eye you might think he's not having as good a season but um, in terms of creating and, and scoring uh, goals he is um, and that's what he's there to do mainly. Um, bring up some of these comments. Uh, I wouldn't expect any of the players we've mentioned to come off. There has obviously been a, a forced substitution in the first half, which we'll get to. Barry McCloskey feels like it's a matter of time before Leipzig score. It goes back to what Kevin was saying there. Um, we have seen a movie like this before. Groundhog Day is uh, creeping in to some of these comments as well. Um, we've got the 1969 Reaper Man. Um, we need to get more clinical can't keep missing in key opportunities how many times have we seen a comment like that um, in the last few weeks and in Europe in particular and we've also got EPH or F, I'm not sure how to pronounce your name, solid first half for Celtic, yeah I think it is and I think that you'll grow in confidence, you were talking about the blow being maybe uh, Kyogo's you know, first half performance. I think the bigger blow would probably be a badder coming off injured. That's the last thing we need at this moment in time. Sean F points out McGregor and Yota, showing why they are such a massive miss tonight. I think those two players will will always be massively missed by Celtic. But let's have a wee look at uh, what we've done in their absence. So Matt O'Reilly, I'm not going to say we brought him in, but Matt O'Reilly's role has changed. So let's talk about him first of all, Kevin. I think he's orchestrated most of Celtic's play. He hasn't hit. He's been brave tonight. You know, Andrew's talked about being brave with your pass, especially in Europe, being more brave. I think he has grabbed the, the game a few times by the scruff of the neck. Um, he looks a different type of player in that position, naturally. But I think he's playing the role very, very well. I've been really impressed in that first half by Matt O'Reilly. Yeah, as do I. I think O'Reilly's um, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Can fit into that deeper lying role, more defensive role, uh, a lot better than I I thought he would. Grassium has been a really offensive-minded player, but he's... Uh, He's, he's just a clever, intelligent player. He knows when to curb that attacking instinct and sit in the defence. He's and he's, he's a good ball winner, which yeah. is something I didn't yes. expect as much from him because we we see him maybe doing that in the attacking third of the pitch, but he's now doing it um, in the middle to defensive third, and he's going after it. He's winning the ball. If he gives it away, he's the first one out on top of it to win it back. I think he's been again a very strong performer in that first half. There was a little bit in that first 20 minutes, though, when I'm watching it, thinking that we were missing McGregor massively because we couldn't get the ball. And whenever we did, we were just giving it away so quickly. And you just think, if McGregor's there and the ball comes to him, he keeps it and we get a foothold in the game. But then something did change and 
you know, O'Reilly has stepped up. He's moved into that role. He's mm. he's winning the midfield a bit more for us now, which we weren't doing in the opening stages. Uh, he's in, yeah, he'll be a massive player for us in the second half. Got to hope as well that he can last longer than the hour or seventy minutes because he usually gets subbed off around that time. He does, so we need yeah. a big second half from him. Yeah, yeah, you know the other thing about uh, some of these players is we we tend to forget because we've seen them performing so well as well, Kevin. We, we tend to forget certain elements of their own development. Uh, we we all we spent all last season saying, "Oh, remember, Abada's only nineteen. Everybody used to say that, and you, you have got to remind yourself. But Matt O'Reilly's twenty one. Uh, this time last year, he was playing third tier of English football. He's now making his fourth appearance in the Champions League. I think there's a, a process of adapting to this level of football. Um, and I agree with you. I think that he came into a game and I do hope that he's able to to last the pace because I think he's going to be a big player in that second half. Um, but special mention to your man James McCarthy who came on and, and done the business and got a lot of plaudits. But by the way, um, this is a different level entirely. I want to have a wee chat about Carter Vickers. Um, he's been brilliant. And I think Jens, and I'm not, I'm not taking any credit away from Jens, but he's looked a different player playing alongside Carter Vickers. So it shows you that that cool head um, brings a calmness to that Celtic defence. He's blocked some tremendous, he's had some tremendous blocks. He's usual winning most of the, the balls in the air. But also he's broken that trend of the centre-halves passing to the full-backs. You've seen him actually missing them out and going straight to the wings as well, which I think gives us a, a, a different tempo to our game. But let's talk about the centre-half partnership and let's not forget the performance against possibly the best half that he's had in a Celtic jersey as well, Kevin. Yeah, I think Jens has been excellent in the first half. He's made a few really good blocks. There's one on Werner maybe just after the half hour mark, you think it is or something. Werner's through in the, in the right-hand side, cutting in, and Jens just kind of strides across and blocks the shot and clears it away. And he's done that a few times. He's just um, he's covering back. He's been excellent. And I think I think having Carter Vickers alongside him undoubtedly helps him. It's the same when, when Welsh is next to Carter Vickers. Welsh is a better player because he's got that that play. And I wanted to say he's got that experienced head next to him, but Carter Vickers isn't that experienced either. When you think about it, he just seems like he is because he's such a an all-round defender. Um, but he's definitely a guy that just inspires confidence and calmness, I think, in his, uh, in his defensive partner. We definitely missed him last week, and it's great to have him back in because you really just see, see the benefit of having that player in the back line. I'm just checking this as I go. I'm not being rude. Um, is this Cameron Carter Vickers' first um, Champions League game? Someone in the comments might be able to find that out before I do. But I'm, I was looking at the stats uh, before the last game over in Germany. Obviously, Carter Vickers wasn't in that in that lineup, and I'm wondering if this is the first time he's actually played in the Champions League and I think again that's another thing that you need to keep reminding yourself of is the relative inexperience of uh, many of our players and the group as a team as well Kevin I mean I'll, I'll have this up in a wee second or two um, I think this is his this is his Champions League debut I mean this is Carter Vickers and you see the way that he's performing he's been absolutely tremendous in that first half and it's difficult to, to realise He plays like a Champions League veteran Yeah he does He plays like he, he's of all the new signings in that we've got or all the boys that are making the debuts he's the one in 45 minutes that has already kind of announced that this is my level this is where I deserve to play Yeah he and, absolutely and it shows has. because he, he just he just has that calmness and 
you know, aye. Chalmers, that's just the word to use. He just brings that authority to the defence. Mm-hmm. That's what he brings. Mm-hmm. He does. I want to see more from Haksabanovic in the second half. I know that there's been a few moments he's had a, a couple of opportunities, half chances maybe, um, I would suggest. But I want to see more from him in the second half. Um, and I can't go into the, the second half without putting our hands up and saying, you know what, Joe Hart, you got a bit of stick after the last game. What a save that was. That was an important save, an important part of the game, the time of the game rather, uh, where it could have really knocked the stuffing out of us. So you've got to just put your hands up and say, you know, Joe Hart has made a few mistakes, had a few ropey performances recently, but then he does that and he reminds you uh, why he was England's number one for so long and why he's an, such an important player in this team. Exactly. If we lose that goal in 44 minutes, I think it was when the shot comes in, that's a that's a crushing blow and we're not coming back from it because they're that good a team that they'll close out the second half and yeah. absolutely it's a sucker punch to lose a goal then and that save is, is huge it's like um, when we mentioned about McGregor sending off against Motherwell the moments if you look back and that hopefully could win you the league I mean that could be a moment that sees you get through to the next round in the Champions League or sees you get third place because it, it's such a big save it's kept us in the game at nil-nil and uh, we now have a second half that we can go out and try and win. We do, and let's hope we do. And let's uh, look forward to the celebrations after that. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the comments. Thank you to Kevin McCluskey for joining me. Let's go out and get a, a result, and we'll see you at full time. Thanks for joining us on a Celtic State of Mind. Cheers, Paul. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. I'm joined by Kevin McCluskey. What is your Champions League state of mind this evening, Kevin? I'm just gonna, Paul. That would be my Champions League state of mind. I'm done with it. <laughs> it's ah, uh, oh, um, where do you start with that? Uh, if you look back, we've got one point from four games, and we've mm. deserved so much more. Mm-hmm. The performances that we've put in think have merited more. But every game, it's a 90-minute game and we've only been able to last an hour. And that's that's the learning curve that we've got to get over. We've got to be able to just keep it going, keep the momentum going, keep the pressing going, do it for the full 90 minutes because when we're up at this level, we do get punished in the, in the final half an hour every time. Mm-hmm because we're just not quite there yet. And you can see the improvements. So I'll try and be positive about it and going, you know, you can see the improvements, you can see the the forward steps that the team's making. But when it comes down to it, we've, we've just come up short every single time. And it's so frustrating because we've had the chances in every game to get in front. Um, and we spoke before the game about if what's and might have been and all that. In every single game, we've probably got a moment of that where you think... If we score first, if we did this, mm-hmm. totally changes the complexion of the game. But the thing is, we haven't been able to do that. And everyone that we've played against has. They've had that clinical edge that we haven't. And that's that's the biggest thing. That's the, the most galling thing about it. It's not that we haven't been able to compete. It's just that we haven't had that final touch to get things over the line. At this level, Kevin, there's the obvious, there's the quality, the standard, etc. We get that, but there's also the clinical edge that you're talking about. You need a ruthlessness at this level where if the ball drops for you, you've got to put it away. There were so many occasions this evening where we mentioned the Kyogo chance in the first half with the header. We're not clinical enough, we're not ruthless enough to, to put these games to bed yet. 
and I use the word yet because I'm not ready yet to to throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say, Kevin, because I do think there are so many. It's difficult after a game and after the sucker punch, particularly of the, the second goal, which I, I think, you know, I'm not saying Leipzig didn't deserve the second goal. Of course they did. But when you've put in such a, a decent first half performance and the second half is completely different, a completely different performance. Um, and two of the, the goals, the two goals, you know, the damage I feel was done down our right-hand side and I was looking at Juranovic thinking he's dead on his feet about 20 minutes before the first goal. And I think that there were concerns last year domestically that we were this 60-minute team. Remember all the chat about that and we have uh, managed to adapt, all the players have managed to come together and uh, we don't look like a 60 minute team, at least domestically anymore, but we do when it comes to this level, when you're stepping up to Champions League. It's frustrating but as I said, I don't want to just uh, tear it all up because I think that the the progress that has been made by various players and as a group has been huge. The strides that have been made by Ange and the Celtic side has been huge at the beginning of the season. I said it was all about learning. It doesn't make it any easier when you get beat 2 nothing at home, Kevin, you know, to remind yourself this this season's all about learning. We hear about the uh, the second season syndrome that Ange apparently has, right? So we're now in the second season domestically, but maybe that second Champions League season will be next year. I'm looking for positives. I'm hoping that um, we get a bit of positivity in the comments. What did you make of tonight's game? Um, and we'll bring up your your views. If I can read it, my eyes are going together, actually. It's getting a wee bit late here. Um, but uh, let's have a wee look. The Godfather. Um, unless we beat Shakhtar and take something from Real, who, incidentally, they equalised, didn't they, near the death? I, I think that that game yeah, um, so it, it looked as though Shakhtar were pulling off another fantastic result but obviously to the detriment of Celtic's chances um, so we go into uh, our next game against Shakhtar Donetsk and uh, could it be a, a, a situation where we're hoping to beat Real Madrid in the Bernabeu brilliant um, what did you make of the, uh, the fact we say that though didn't we say that before the game <laughs> Jota is going to get the last minute goal in the last game. It could yeah. still happen. It could. Listen, you've got to be a dreamer if you're a Celtic fan, right? Um, but I'm, I'm going to bring up as many comments as possible. McGrory, you're a long time viewer and commenter on the Axrom stream. So welcome to our YouTube channel. Nowhere near good enough, says McGrory at this level. Woeful in the final third and can write the same hard luck story before every game. Nowhere near good enough. I think there's certain elements of our play and there's certain sections of each game where we have looked good enough. And now I know it's it's slim pickings at this stage, Kevin. This is the premier tournament in European football, and that's not going to win you um, a last sixteen spot anytime soon. However, we have got to try and look at the the development of the side, the fact that it is inexperienced, the players are young. They're, they're um, bonding as a team and as a unit. Like tonight, we keep you know mentioning the fact this is Carter Vickers' first Champions League game. Um, just back in from, from an injury, we had another couple of injuries tonight in McGregor and, and uh, Jota. Uh, Kyogo was off the boil. We know he can do much better. Abada gets injured during the game. Juranovic looked out of sorts tonight. No blaming him for the two goals, Kevin, but they did come from his area of the pitch. He needs to do better. Um, so... 
I get what McGrory is saying, and after the game, you do feel like, oh, we're miles away. We're never, ever going to compete at this level. I'm not feeling like that. I don't think Ange Postacoglu will accept that. I mean, he looked near the end of that game a little less the, the strong, imposing character that Ange has been. He looked a bit perplexed, didn't he? With his, uh, his hands in his face, his head in his hands, rather. Um, but I do th- feel that there's enough quality in our squad um, to... to continue to develop, to do better. Maybe not this season, but I'm not writing us off just yet. Yeah, I mean, I think after a game like that, and it's one of the things that we'll try and and avoid to do, I think, is make a comment to say that we're nowhere near good enough at this level. Because I get that. I get why people would say that just now, because of the frustration that's built up after that, because we've seen... We've invested so much in it and we've seen the players invest so much in it and we haven't got the rewards from it. But there's there's bound to have been enough, I think, in each of those games to suggest that we're good enough up to a point, but we're not good enough yet to see it all the way through. But we are, in in European terms, we are a young team, we're an an experienced team, we're a developing team in Europe. Mm -hmm. So, you know... Maybe because we're coming on here, we've got all the positivity before every show, before every game. You know, maybe that actually gives us an unrealistic expectation of what we can go out and do. And this season, it's just a, it's a good barometer for us, and we can take it into next season. Hopefully, we'll get back in the Champions League. And we'll be a year wiser and a year stronger and a year more experienced, and we'll get ourselves over the line a wee bit more. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say we're nowhere near good enough. But I would agree with the fact that at the moment we're just not good enough uh-huh. to at, at this level. I think Europa League is more our level, but we've given ourselves a bit of a mountain to get into that competition as well. As you say, we've got to go, we've got to win the next two games, we've got to win in the Bernabeu. And if you win there, you should be in the Champions League. So there's one for you. You know this, I look over the um, the records, I love the Celtic history and the, the only real period other than getting to the UEFA Cup final of course, but the only real period where Celtic were a, a European force, let's just say, right, so getting into a European final, you know, once um, in, a, in a kind of generation doesn't make you a European force, right, and you know, qualifying for the last 16 on a few occasions as well, as great an achievement as each of them were, it doesn't make you a force in Europe, Kevin, right? Um, yeah, some clubs might say they don't want to come to Celtic Park during these periods because it, it becomes a difficult place to to play and win and get a result. But the one time we were a European force in, in football was in the 60s and 70s, and we know that. And um, history will tell us that not only did we win the European Cup in 67, we got to the final in 1970, we got to two semi-finals. And I keep banging on about our European record over a 12-year period from 64 to 76, where Celtic got to at least the quarter-final of the European competition on nine occasions out of 12, right? And at that time you really are threatening to be a European force. Now, by the way, the first one we got to was the European Cup Winners' Cup semi-final where a um, team called MTK Budapest put us out, 4-3 on aggregate. Mm-hmm. Um, having, by the way, gone 3-0 up in the first leg. And that was in 1964, of course, pre-Jock Steen. By the time Jock Steen comes in, there's a completely different view of how to, to build football teams. And, you know... Implementing a style of play. And that's what I'm going to, to go back to. Now, I understand that the game has changed 
dramatically, massively. I mean, there was a huge, um, you know, gap in terms of finance when Celtic beat Inter Milan in the European Cup final. You know, they they were buying players at that time for three hundred grand. You know, uh, they had one of the they had the world's most expensive footballer in their team when we beat them in nineteen sixty seven. So there's always been that disparity in terms of finance. But the way that Celtic approached that, and the only time we were ever um, or could ever be regarded as a European force, we weren't trying to build teams by buying players constantly. We were building teams from within. And I think that there is a time where you look at the scenario we're in at the moment, and Ange Postecoglou comes in and says, you know, he's in a he's in a, a terrible, terrible position when he when he becomes a Celtic manager because he does have to rebuild. He doesn't have the players to bring in from a, a youth structure, Kevin. So he needs to buy them, and buy them he has, and he's bought so so well. As I say, I'm not turning this up just because we've been beaten in Europe. You look at some of the buys. I mean. O'Reilly, we'll get to his performance. He was brilliant tonight, right? Despite the defeat, he, he, he performed superbly in a position we haven't seen him deployed in all that often. We brought him in. He had nothing to do with Celtic, the youth system. We brought him in. We brought others in. Hatati, the other side of the world. Not his best game tonight. He's been a revelation since he came to Celtic. But there is a there is a school of thought, Kevin, that would suggest that the only way that you can get a scenario where you can build a culture and a mentality is by doing it from within. And then you have a conveyor belt of players that come in, and yeah, if uh, inevitably these players are sold on as Celtic will do, you've got others to to replace them, and you have a system. And I'm not saying you don't dip into the transfer market, but I think that we have tried the recruitment um, approach to European football, and it's not worked. It hasn't worked. I mean, this is the first time we've played Champions League football in five years. It's not working, is it? the way that Celtic approach it, as well as Ange Postecoglou has done. But the the vision would be a far more long-term view. And you and I have, have discussed in the past about certain teams who are doing it very, very well, certain models um, who are doing it much, much better than, than Celtic. Is that a way, is that a route for a team like Celtic? Or do we always have to face evenings like tonight where we're just saying, you know what, their players are technically better, that you know, they've got better shape, they've got better tempo, better fitness, they've got more buying power. Because that actually I don't think is ever going to change in terms of Scottish football. I don't think that gap is ever going to shorten. So do we try things a different way? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The financial disparity that you see in European football from Celtic to the rest is always going to stay and it's probably going to get wider. 
because Scottish football undersells itself every single time and we never get the deal that the, the game deserves but everywhere else seems to you know, just get bigger and bigger TV and commercial deals so I think that gap's at best going to stay as it is at worst it will widen but we're not going to be able to compete uh, in the transfer market against the big boys to sign these kind of more technically gifted players so we need to think of another approach to do it um, and for me you know, while we've, we've got to get your scouting right and you've got to go out and sign good players at good money like we've done with the likes of O'Reilly and I think Haksabanovich looks as if he could be another one that's going to come in kind of low value but have a big impact for us. But other than that, we've got to look at developing our own players and it might be that we go and bring in overseas youngsters if we can and bring them through the, the youth system here or we go out and bring in a, a core of young players from Scotland again. But... For Celtic and for clubs like us, developing your own players, actually giving them a pathway into the first team and giving them that chance to go and show what they can do is the way forward for us. It gives them a shop window. You get you get a season, couple of seasons out of them as, as first team players, sell them on for money, invest it back in the academy or in the transfer market. And that's how that's how I think we need to to approach things. That and just being that wee bit wiser when we do spend our money on players. And Ange seems to be that guy. He seems to be wise in the transfer mm. market. So we can't afford to let him go at the moment. He's the best transfer we've made in the last decade. Yeah. You know, it's twofold. It's a two-pronged approach, I guess. You've got to get your recruitment right and you've got to produce your own players properly. And you've got to have that transition at a rate which is higher than it currently is. And I don't think recently... We've had any of the two elements right. I think Ange has absolutely nailed the recruitment. I mean, you can have no real qualms. There might be a player or two that you think, right, he's not done so well, but over the piece, the recruitment has been sensational. It's the reason we won the league last year. But yeah, it's, been it, a, it's been a massive step up sorry, since since Ange came in. If you look back to the kind of the decade before and we're signing guys, personally, I rated this guy as a player, but uh, Bio, you know, he's tearing it up in Slovakia. He was an excellent centre-forward, but just didn't fit the way that Celtic played. So he was never going to work. And we made so many signings like that, that mm-hmm. players that were, were good at a club playing a different system to the way that we did, and they were just never going to work. We, we wasted millions. Yeah. And that's one thing that Ange has sorted out. He's he's signing players to fit his system, that he knows will fit his system. There's there's no square pegs in a round holes or whatever the saying is for that one. Um, you know, he's he's getting these signings and he's making them right. And that's that's crucial. That, and as you say, bringing through your own players and maybe, maybe downscaling expectation a little bit in the short term to mm. say, right, Champions League is going to be too far for us. We'll concentrate in the Europa League. That's, that's where we, we see a progression best being made in the short term that actually leads to us becoming a bigger force in Europe again in the long term. You know, it's one of the things I think the best time to do it, and it wasn't with hindsight, because, you know, at the time of Celtic's nine-year domination of the the Scottish game was the time that you put the building blocks in place for um, the, the academy, which was the vision. I mean, Lennox Town was the vision of Tommy Burns, right? And I always remember when he, even when he was a manager of Celtic, talking about 
gone all over the world. He, he seemed to go to the Netherlands a hell of a lot, and he was speaking about Ajax and talking about, you know, going and seeing how they uh, build teams and, and build a culture and build footballers. And all these years later, I don't think we're anywhere near doing it. Um, but the vision was there all those years ago, Kevin, and there was an opportunity, I think, in that decade where obviously Celtic had no real challenge, um, that we could have built something pretty special. If you look at the players that have come through, people might hit you with a statistic that, you know, 60 players have, have graduated or... Uh, what does that mean? Does that mean that they come through to the Celtic first team and play a game? Uh, I'm going to go back to Tommy Burns because I always remember the, the old VHS video, Return to Paradise, which, by the way, we will be covering on our retro series on the channel. Uh, and Tommy Burns was talking about making it at Celtic. And he, he said, you know, making it isn't coming in and playing a few games. He, he meant making it means longevity. It means appearances over a period of time. So there's been loads of players coming in to the first team, Kevin, but not really making the impact that we're actually talking about. And um, I think that Ange Postacoglu has identified that. There's been some changes at that level, at the, the B-team level, for example, just recently. Long-standing coaches have left the club. Um, and I think there is a realisation that, you know, even when you're getting the buys right, you're coming up against a, a scenario where by the end of the season, um, some of those buys might be moving on, such as the way um, of player recruitment. There'll be clubs elsewhere, much richer clubs, looking at a lot of their top talents. And then that becomes an issue again because you've got to go out and replace them. And we don't have the ready-made replacement within the club. So you go out and buy another one and, and then you try and implement the culture, the tempo and the style. And then it's just an ongoing process where you never quite get to the end you know, of the process. You're just constantly on that treadmill. you know. And I think that's where Celtic are at the moment. By the way, we're in a much better place than we were a couple of years ago. But I still feel that we're quite a bit short. Um, and this really isn't the, the kind of, you know, it's a bit of a sob story. And I see a lot of people saying same old story. Loads of people have commented that. Um, but how can we change the story? How can we change the final chapter of that? How can we progress in Europe? Well, the only way to do it is to look at how other clubs um, have done it from within, Kevin. Because we're never going to have the money to go out and buy ready-made players for this level. Um, I mean, even when we go out and we push the boat out and we buy Jota and Cata Vickers, fantastic. But at the beginning of the game, you were telling me Jota's not arrived at this level yet. So you're not making, you're not buying the ready-made player, are you? You're trying to develop them once they come here as well. Um, as a fan, would you be prepared for any period of um, no success or lesser success? This is the bit, isn't it? If you were trying to build something from within, that, that inevitably would be um, the trade-off. That's exactly the phrase I was going to use in it. It's what are you prepared for the trade-off with that? Because if you change your your approach and your philosophy and you become a lot more youth-based and orientated, you're not going to win competitions the same. For me, I mean, I don't want to give up domestic success. So I've got to say every season, I want to see Celtic winning the league. At very least, we have to challenge and take it down to the last couple of games. But for me, we've got to win the league. That's your bread and butter. And that's that's where you you get the chance to play in Europe and get that extra revenue and, and progress and do everything else you want to do. But I don't see how you why the two can't go hand in hand at times. Mm -hmm. So I'm prepared to say we focus on the league and you can give the two cups up. 
you can certainly use the League Cup as one for the young players and give them <laughs> real-life, actual first-team football against top teams. In the Scottish Cup, you can do a bit of a mix and match in your teams with that. But be prepared to sacrifice them. Focus on the league and focus on doing something in Europe. Mm-hmm. You need to though, you know, you need to ingrain it though in the philosophy that there is of the club that there is uh, like a minimum level of games that certain young players will play. So if we've got a young talent coming through, he must start ten league games a season, or he must make fifteen appearances. The majority being starts rather than like cameo sub appearances here and there. Um. I'm prepared to give up some level of domestic success to make that happen, but the caveat to that is we have to still be winning the league. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not really prepared to give that up, and I don't think we should. And I think we can do do them hand in hand. If you follow the models of teams like Ajax and Porto and is it Partizan Belgrade that we were speaking about before, uh, and there's other teams across Europe that do this that have youth systems that work that produce players season in, season out. They've got a manager in place or a technical director in place who, who demands that these young boys get given the games because he knows they can sell them on and make money. And then they can go and, and recruit and sign better players, which takes them to the next level and invests more in the youth academy. So it becomes self-funding, which ours isn't at the moment. It's an absolute drain on our resources because we don't produce anyone from it. You know, I think... It was John Hughes last week in the Wednesday show, I think it was, with his stat of the, the amount of players that had come through, the graduates. But more than half or more than 60% had only played one game. Mm. They're not graduates of the youth system. They're just boys that happen to have played a game for us. A yeah. graduate of the youth system is someone that plays at least 50 games, I think. Well, that's a successful graduate. Or he gets sold on for big money before he gets to the 50 games. So... I mean, you also I'm, see you also see off. a lot of them, a lot of them that come in, Kevin, they are away from the club within twelve months. So they graduate to the first team squad. They might get a game. They might sit on the bench. Twelve months later, they're away, yep. um, often to lower league teams in Scotland. So um, I think it is something. Uh, one of the best examples is Tony Ralston, isn't it? I mean, you look at uh, Tony Ralston now. He's twenty three years of age. Uh, making his debut at 17, you would have thought by the age of maybe 21, he would have played at least 100 games for Celtic. Didn't happen. Um, every time you try to suggest that Ralston should come into the team, uh, you know, people were out with their, uh, their pitchforks. Exactly. Ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it is a culture. It is something that you need to implement and it will take a long time. Whilst you're doing it, I think we're in a position that you could do that hand in hand with still being the league champions of Scotland. Um, but I, I think Ange's totally identified. Yeah, so there's the, there's the thing as well of, what do you put? Or we put a sell by date on young players, I think, as well. Mm. And we say, if by 19 he's not made his first team debut and then he's finished, you know, he's, he's not going to. If by 20 or 21 he hasn't played X amount of games, then he's probably not going to. I'm sure that, you know, you take Jota as your example. We've signed him at 22 years old. Mm-hmm. You tell me he's not going to make it. Of course he is. He's a really, exactly. really talented player. I think we, I think we maybe need to. You know, have the the plan in place that players will get games, but we'll stagger them out over a longer period of time, and we'll slowly introduce a player. Callum McGregor's probably the example of that. He was oh, never yeah. a regular until he was what, 21, 22. 
And well, even then, there was a little bit of default. I think that he got the, the yeah. big break in the team. So, um, of course, it can happen. You know, to say that you're going to prioritise in youth doesn't mean you're going to play ten under twenty ones in your team every week. It just means you're going to give the good ones that you've got an actual break and a better chance to make it. There's a few a few things you've said there. I mean, Callum McGregor is a classic example because he was twenty one when he made his debut, Kevin. 21 when yeah. he made his debut for the first team. Um, you know, Danny McGrain was 20. He was 20 years of age when he made his debut for Celtic. And, um, you know, when when you're looking at, you know, I know it's facts, figures and stats, but when, when you're looking at a player's development, um, Callum McGregor should have played for Celtic's first team prior to the age of 21, without a doubt. Why didn't he? So, you know, I'm just, I'm looking at the moves that Ange has made I think that it's been identified that the system wasn't working, the recruitment wasn't good enough. But let's be honest, it's not going to get sorted out in 18 months, is it? So we're, we're sitting here disappointed as Celtic fans this evening, but I think there's enough green shoots um, of progress uh, to suggest that, you know what, this season might not be our season. But moving on, um, I'm pretty sure that if Ange has got a long-term view and we share it, then, then we can certainly achieve that. Barry McCluskey, we need a sports psychiatrist to get rid of the yips the whole front line have. Um, it's interesting that because you've got a player in Kyogo who he seems to slot things away domestically with ease, with a confidence, with a panache uh, and a style that sometimes you see it at the European stage and it's a different story. We've seen it again tonight. Um, Francisco Weldonino. Uh, we need more technically accomplished players, but they don't come cheap. Carter Vickers will be off to a big hitter next season still. We're learning and give it a go. I think a lot of what we've discussed tonight is in that one message there uh, from Francie as well. And, you know, Carter Vickers... That's, that's, that, that is what we need. McGregor's the more technical player that we missed in the midfield. Mm-hmm. The type, and that's the type of player we need more of. The one that can just play that quick, incisive pass. Um, I hope he's wrong that Carter Vickers is off in the summer, though. I, I hope, I hope well, you're totally wrong, Francis. If he could hang around for another few years, that would be nice. Yeah, it definitely would. I mean, you've seen the, the camera influence that he has on the, the back four and Joe Hart this evening. Mojo Rising, uh, well, that was our best, and again, it just wasn't good enough. Hard work wasted, same old story. Much smaller teams consistently do better than us in Europe. There's just no excuses to fail this badly. Um, I think that what we've been talking about tonight is more of a, a wider discussion, Kevin, rather than focusing on tonight as a as a performance. It's more of a how can we do this better moving forward. Um, and one of the points Mojo Rising makes here, much smaller teams consistently do better. Let's look at some of these. Better. What are they doing better? Can we replicate it? And I think that's one of the biggest um, learning uh, curves that you can have as a football team going and having a look at somebody else's academy um, it, it takes what 3 million quid to run Celtic's academy every every year um, and I don't think we're getting quality, I don't think we're getting value for money at the moment but hopefully that'll all change so you're sitting in that dressing room tonight and you're Ange Postacoglu having watched that performance Kevin, what positives do you take from tonight's performance over the 90 minutes? Uh, I think again you take, you take at least the first 45 minutes as a game, as a half that we completely matched uh, like Leipzig 
I say completely matched them. They had the first 20, we had the second 25 minutes of that, that half. So it was a very even first half. Mm-hmm. Then, to be honest, I don't think there's too many positives you can take from the second half because we, we just dropped off. Our key players, uh, Hatate, Maeda, were pretty poor. Juranovic tired massively as the half went on, as did most of the, the team. Um, but if you want to take a positive from that half, I'll give you Matt O'Reilly because I thought he was excellent throughout the game. Mm-hmm. He really did grow into that kind of unusual, unfamiliar, more defensive role for him. He's going to become a complete midfielder if he keeps on putting in these performances in all these different midfield positions that he's been asked to play. So you maybe take that. You probably take, you know, my boy again, Greg Taylor. I thought he was pretty solid again throughout the rest he of the was. second half. See, mm-hmm. see. As much as you can, you can go through, and it's very easy to go through and highlight the the poor performers because they really stand out at times. But I think those two, as two individuals, put in really good, solid ninety minutes. The back two as well, actually, Yentz and Captain Vickers were fairly solid throughout. Maybe switched off a little bit at the second goal, mm-hmm. um, but generally they were pretty decent. So I think you do have to look a little bit hard after a defeat to find the positives, but they are there. And they're, they're, as I say, there's enough from tonight, and there's enough from the the first hour of every game to say that up up to the first hour, if the game was an hour long, we could compete. Now we've got to transition that into the second half, uh, the the final thirty minutes, and it is kind of the point that you made earlier on that last season at the start. Start of the season, we were seen as a 60-minute team domestically and in Europe. Now we've got over that domestically. We just need to do it in Europe. We need to transition what we can do domestically over 90 minutes into Europe in 75 minutes, 80 minutes and 90 minutes. It's a really, really short window to turn it around in those six games in the Champions League at mm. such a higher level. Maybe this season you have just got to write it off almost as a, a complete learning curve and learning experience. Win the league this season, come back next year, a stronger team, and go again. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, that's as positive as we can be tonight, uh, Kevin. We've looked at the performance. I did my best, Paul, honestly. You did, you did, you did. And we've looked at the overall situation we are in as a football club. Uh, obviously, we'll be back tomorrow at Som at 12.30, um, myself and I think... John Hughes, because Kev Graham's um, holiday in somewhere in Fife, I believe. So, Kevin uh, McCluskey, (laughs) yes, Kevin McCluskey, thank you so much for joining us again on a a match day, on a big match day, disappointing as it was. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the comment section. Join us again tomorrow at 12.34, a Celtic state of mind. Phone companies say they offer home internet. 
But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.